Welcome to the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. I'm your host, Erica Vieira. Beauty and the Vlog is an online community and podcast dedicated to supporting YouTube content creators in beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle. We go behind the scenes in the world of video creating through YouTuber interviews, strategy sessions, and in-depth discussions pertaining to all things YouTube. To get the most out of Beauty and the Vlog, make sure to join the Beauty and the Vlog Facebook group and check out our beautyandthevlog.com website for show notes and more. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn, have fun, and be inspired. Let's go. Well, hello, beauties. Erica here again with another episode for you. And if you listen to the podcast week after week, you probably know that we are due for part two with our interview with Amy Chang, the blogger. And if you haven't listened to part one, I highly encourage you to go over there and check out part one and then come back and do part two, or you can listen to part two first, but I think it makes more sense to do part one and then part two. But um, anyways, I know you guys got a lot out of part one and part two is going to be even more jam-packed with tips and kind of getting to know Amy and her blog Bond and Avant even better. Stay tuned for that. And like always, like I always mention. If you are a fan of the podcast, definitely helps the podcast when it comes to ratings and iTunes um, and all that. If you leave a review, so I always ask people to leave a review. It's really awesome you do. I think we have over like 155 star reviews. So thank you for that. Let's try and get to 200. That would be amazing. And, um, you know, tell a friend, tell somebody about a beauty in the vlog, somebody who's thinking about having a, uh, not a podcast, but a YouTube channel or a blog, or maybe they're on Instagram. You know, if you have a couple friends, let them know about the podcast let people know in your Facebook groups. I know there's a lot of Facebook groups out there that talk about beauty, that talk about, um, YouTube. So let people know. Um, and that really helps kind of spread the word of beauty in the vlog and allow me to continue attracting amazing sponsors and amazing people to the podcast that allows me to continue doing this show for you guys. So um, I just love all the tweets that I get from you, all the emails, the comments in the Facebook group. So that's also something else that kind of keeps me going and producing these episodes for you week after week, trying to come up with fresh ideas, things that I know you guys want. Um, That's kind of part of the reason why I brought Amy on because she's somebody a little bit different, but I know is providing so much value to you guys. So without further Further ado, here's the interview, part two. So AOR stands for you said agency on record. So you like, what are some of the search terms that you use when you're trying to find, like say your, your example, like matte lipsticks, right? So did you put together, say, you know, like potentially like 10 or 12 brands or something? And then you wanted to figure out basically what PR agency represents those specific brands? Yeah. So I would figure out what stories I was going to write. And then what I usually would do, because I I would have like a general idea of the brands that I wanted to cover or was interested in, and I would go to those brand websites Mm -hmm. and, you know, find the product that I wanted. And then sometimes actually on the brand websites, if it's a smaller company, they will have press, like a press email that you can reach out to. Sometimes that Mm -hmm. will be there. So that was like the first thing I would check. And then you can just search for like agency on record for a certain brand, or you can say like, you know, you can search for the brand name and then find, you know, current press releases because on press releases, they'll have the contact information of the mm-hmm. PR person. So those are, those are the main things that I was searching for. If, you know, I couldn't find that, I would just 
do the contact form on the brand website, or if they had like an info at email address, I would reach out to that. And usually those contact forms contact like a customer service department, and then they'll forward it on to the PR department. And so it may take a little while, you know, if you can't find the direct contact information, but then eventually they would get back to me like, you know, a couple of weeks or something later. Yeah, definitely. So then you would, you would find those PR companies and then you would reach out to them. So like, so say you had an idea of a story. So Matt Lipstick, so it'd be very specific to that story. You would, yeah. you would reach out to those, what'd you say, like 10 or 12 for yeah. one story? Yeah, I would reach out to 10, 10 or 12, and maybe like three or four would get back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just say like, hey, look, I'm writing a story on matte lipsticks. I love your brand. I love this product. And I really would love to test it for inclusion. Would you be open to sending me a product sample? And, uh, you know, I would include like, hey, you know, here, I would include a couple links, maybe to like previous stories and say, hey, like, you know, here's a couple links to previous articles that I've written. I've also included a brand bio attached here in my press kit. Feel free to look it over, check out my website, you know, check out the voice and the tone and see if you feel like it, it would be the right fit for your brand. I would love to work together. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I would say. And then, you know, sometimes they'd get back to me and say, yes, we would love to, you know, sometimes they would get back and say, you know, not at this time. But even if they say no, you've still opened the door for that relationship with that PR person mm-hmm. because maybe you know you, ha- you have their contact information and maybe later down the line when you're a little bit bigger and you have some more content and maybe your the quality of your content has improved, you know you can reach back out again and say, "Hey, I'm still really interested. I have a different story. Would love to feature this product that, you know, falls under your brand. Would you be interested in sending me a product for me to try?" And, you know, it's just Again, it's relationship building. So once once you put the ask in and whether they say yes or no, then you can continue. So let's say they say yes and they send you a product. You know, the first thing I do when I get the product is I email them right away. And I say, thank you so much for sending me the product sample. It arrived today. I'm planning on testing it next week. You know, on my editorial calendar, the story that will include this product is slated to go up, you know, in four weeks from now. So if your product tests well, it will be included and I'll be sure to send you a link once it goes live. And they love that. I mean, it just, you come across professional and it just makes their lives so much easier. And I remember when I was working in PR, like they would always say like, you go really far and do really well if you can make your boss look good. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. if you can support them and it's kind of the same thing, like when you're working with these PR people, what can you do to make their lives easier? Mm-hmm. And one of the things is just to over communicate what you're doing and, um, yeah, just be always very transparent with them. And so let's say there's a product that you don't want to write about, then make sure to follow up with them and say, Hey, thank you so much for sending this. You know, here are the reasons why I'm not going to include this product. And then sometimes they'll take that feedback back to the brand and the brands love that too. They want to know that kind of feedback as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I mean, I've been a big proponent of that forever, that if you make your boss's job easier and they enjoy working with you, you'll go so much further. You don't necessarily have to be doing better work in a way because they just like working with you and it just, it just makes them look good. And you have to think about like the people that you work with in this industry, like you said, the PR companies and all that, if you make their lives easier, 
whether or not maybe your website doesn't have as many followers as the next person, or maybe it's not as amazing looking as the next person, but they would still maybe include you in their group of, of bloggers because you just make their lives easier, you know, and, and your content and, you know, whatever is, is good enough, but it doesn't have to be the best being, making other people's lives easier is there's so much value to that. And you're building that relationship and, mm -hmm. you know, if you make them look good and if you over communicate and they don't have to constantly chase after you and follow up, like, you know, you'll start to build a relationship. The totally. emails be like a little bit more friendly. Hey, like, how are you doing? You know, what's, what's been going on? What's new with your brand? And, um, that will just continue. And so, you know, I mentioned this before, but it's really important to have a PR list. So as you build these relationships with these PR reps or brand reps, you know, create an Excel document, keep all of their contact information in there. Because, you know, one of the other things that you can do, like, let's say, you're on a time crunch, and you're like, Oh, no, you know, I want to write a story about the best face myths or something. And you don't have time to like do all the research to find the different ones that you want to try to reach out to the brands. The best thing to do is you can just reach out to your PR contacts and say, Hey, you know, I'm working on a story about myths. Do you have any clients that have a face miss that you could recommend for this story? Mm -hmm. PR people love that because whenever I would get someone who would reach out proactively like that, it just makes my life so much easier that I don't have to like track down new bloggers and, and you know, find new leads. They're coming to me saying they're going to write this story. Do I have a client for them? And, you know, let's say you reach out to, to a PR rep and they're representing like Becca. Um, cosmetics or something. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily know like what other brands they're also working with. So, you know, you can, you can build that relationship and then they'll say, Hey, you know, the, here's my other roster of all these other beauty clients that we also work with. You know, let me know if you want product samples from any of these, or if you're working on stories where they could be a great fit. So again, it's all about the relationship building. Yeah, totally. And being responsive, being responsive to emails is huge. Yeah. Um, I love that idea of having a PR list because one of the things too, is that people move around really quickly. So if you, if you keep a list of people that will over time become gold. Yeah. That's definitely really helpful. You know, and it just, it just like, sometimes like I'll share like PR contacts with like other bloggers who are like, Hey, I'm trying to get in contact with this person. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's just, it's just great. It's yeah. a definitely, keep up on that. Yeah. I mean, if you're serious about having a blog, I mean, it's like you have to have something like that. Otherwise you're, you're totally missing the boat. And, um, I think that's really, really good advice. So then you find these companies and you start building relationships or you have that, you know, that list of people that said, yes, I'll send you some product, which is really great. I mean, that's really great for you to even get, like you said, you set that about 10 and get about three back. That's, that's really good odds, especially right at the beginning with a brand new blog. Yeah. I mean, I was I, ever, anytime I would get an email back where someone would say like, yes, we'd love to send you product. I was like jumping up and down. I was, oh my God, they said yes. So did those companies like continue to just send you product, just send you their PR packages? Yeah. So mm -hmm. then, you know, over time, like I would just get packages from them, but a lot of time, like I'm very specific because sometimes people will just send stuff and it's mm -hmm. not stuff for a story that I'm working on. And it does get kind of annoying when they're, they're like constantly following up. Oh, did you get this? Did you get this? I'm like, well, do you want it back? I'm not actually writing about anything where that would be a fit for right now. Mm -hmm. So do they ever want it back? 
No, no I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, I mean, do they do they get it? They're like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. you know, you've, you've been great in the past and I'm sure you'll write something else about one of our products in the future. But you know, it's funny. It's like the relationship goes both ways. So mm-hmm. there are some PR people who are like kind of pushy mm-hmm. and you know, aren't really thought like there are times where I'm like, I'm a human being. I know I'm like a content creator. And it's like, sometimes they're just like, so pushy about something. I'm like, well, you know, I'm not going to write about this. And I'm, it's just is what it is. But it definitely goes both ways. So definitely be firm too. like, if you don't want to write about something or product, um, let it be known. Yeah, I think that's, that's very true, too. So at least you're transparent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then you you mentioned that in those emails, you know, you're very specific, you say, which I think is really, really important. This goes with YouTube too. this. I think this all applies to YouTube because you'd be very specific, you know, in what you're going to do, you know, hey, I'm going to film a video about this or that. And then you said in, in that email, you include your one pager. So what what did you have in your one pager, like way at the beginning when you were first getting started and maybe your stats really weren't that impressive? Well, well, I didn't even include any stats. So okay. that's why I called it a press kit instead of a media kit. Because a media kit would have like, you know, all your social media stats, mm. all your, you know, unique visitors, all things like that. I didn't really have anything that I could impressively share. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a brand bio, which is like two paragraphs. And it just talks about what the brand is. And when you create a press kit, you're basically like speaking PR people language because that's what they create for brands that they send out to editors. So when a PR person gets that, like I can only assume they're just like, okay, like I totally get it. You know, thank you for sending it. You know, they have a clear understanding of what the brand is in like two paragraphs, maybe even shorter than that. So I think like mine said, like, you know, Bond and Avant launched in 2016 is a luxury beauty website that covers, you know, this type of content. Um, you know, the niche is, you know, focus more on like cosmetic treatments, plastic surgery, this and that, and just give them a very quick, clear snippet of what your brand is. That's really important because, you know, PR people are busy. And so let's say they get your email and it said, Hey, I'd love to try X, Y product, you know, check out my website or whatever. Like it'll take them time to actually go to look at your your you know yeah, YouTube yeah. channel and like go through your videos and watch them if they're not familiar with you and sometimes like they don't have the time to do that so if you can just provide a really quick like couple paragraphs inside your email like what kind of content you cover what you're about what your brand is about it just makes it so much easier they can just look at that and then immediately make a yes or no decision if the product and the client that they have will fit the brand of your your platform is a press kit, is that something that you create yourself like in Word or and, and send as an attachment? Yeah, it's just like so basic. I just mm-hmm. created like two, you know, Word documents. Um, one was just a one, literally like one page Word document. And I put the logo of my website mm-hmm. and then I just put the title like about the brand. And then in the left cor- hand corner, upper corner, I had like my contact information. And then I just had a couple paragraphs that just described my brand and I would attach that in emails that I would send out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just great. So at the beginning, you basically had this press kit because you didn't have the numbers to back it up, but it still shows, like you said, you're speaking the language. It still shows like professionalism and you would send it as an attachment, right? You would attach it like in your Gmail or whatever. 
attach it or embed it. And I definitely made sure to, I purchased an email address via Google or mm-hmm. Gmail or whatever, so that it was like my name, amy at bondinavon.com too. Yeah. I think that's really important too. Um, I know now Google charges for that. I, there was a while they did it when I started the podcast because I had another company before a clothing line and, um, you know, I was, I was not going to do, you know, at gmail.com, but there was a way to like, you know, have your at, you know, whatever your website was. But, and I did the same thing with beauty and the vlog. So all my emails are Erica at beauty and the vlog.com or info at beauty and the vlog.com. But I think now you have to pay for it. I think that that yeah. changed recently, right? It's like five or $10 a month or yeah. something. It's, I think it's crucial. It's one of those, it's like a little detail, but it just really makes you come across more, much more professional. I totally agree. Because if you do have a website and a domain, your, your email should, it should be, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, Amy at whatever, Erica at Beauty in the Vlog. It should be that. It just, it just looks so much more professional. I mean, I know a lot of the YouTubers don't necessarily have websites, so that's fine. You don't have to. But if you have a blog and you're serious about the blog, I completely agree. You want that branding to be everywhere from A to Z. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And that's a, a little detail. I, I totally agree with that. Okay, so that that's really, really helpful for people when when they're especially bloggers, if they're looking to connect with PR companies and get that product, because obviously the main the whole point is one to be on the up and up of brand new products, but two to be able to really review a bunch of stuff without having to spend a bunch of money. Right? Yeah. I mean, was that your goal really with this? Well, it's if you're creating content constantly, like you can't just go out of pocket for it. It would get so expensive. Yeah. Definitely. And you want to try the new stuff. And, you know, the thing is too, it's like if you're creating content, you're creating value. You're really helping that brand out. So, you know, it just makes sense. It's a symbiotic relationship. It would it makes sense that they would send you a product for you to try it. Um yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so what didn't we cover? Oh, yeah. So tools. Um, There are couple tools that I found out about kind of early on, some later on that have been so, so helpful. Um, One is lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A. And if you're into, you know, photography, Photoshop, video editing, whatever, you know, I didn't know how to do any photography, any editing, Photoshop, none of that. And so I had to just figure it out. And there are great tools online that you can find, but lynda.com goes very, very in-depth. It's a subscription platform. And what's great about it is that all of the tutorial videos, they're like an hour or so long, they're broken up into two to three minute segments and titled based on what content they cover in each of that clip. So you can kind of go through and like find different videos and there's like the written language out. Um, so if you're watching the video, you can also read along too and like take notes. It's just really helpful. They cover everything like, you know, sound editing, video editing, you know, how to do product photography, how to do lighting. That one was really, really helpful. Yeah, lynda.com is a great website, especially like with being a YouTuber. I mean, you have to learn so many things. Like you have to learn about filming and lighting and photography and editing and all that stuff. And um, it's really pretty inexpensive too to to sign up and um, take those classes. And you could just sign up for a couple months and then take a bunch of classes and, and then probably learn a lot very, very quickly. 
Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So what, what else have you done when it comes to your blog? So you're a year into your blog. Are you now making money from your blog? Yeah. So actually I just had very recently my first sponsored content and, you know, going back to what I was talking about with the relationships, this sponsorship opportunity actually came through one of the PR reps that I've built a relationship with. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's one of her clients and she just reached out one day and said, Hey, you know, I have this client. Um, initially she wanted me to just send me product and see if I would review it. But I told her I didn't have any, I wasn't working on any stories at the time where that product would be a fit. And then like a few weeks later, she was like, they really love your content and your website and they would be interested in doing sponsored content with you. So they, she connected me with her, um, this brand. And, you know, I would say the advice that I definitely want to give to young women out there is like, know what your time is worth and like be very firm about that in negotiating and don't just accept whatever a brand wants to pay you because so for instance, when I started going through the process of negotiating with this brand, and you know, this was like my first sponsored content. And so, you know, I mean, most people would just accept like whatever they offered. But I was like, no, I'm providing quality content. I'm doing the photography. And you know, if you have a vlog, like you're doing the video, it's editing, like there's a lot involved there. And you've you've developed an expertise in what you're doing. And so you're providing that to this brand. And so you know, when you're negotiating, just get really granular and really detailed. So I, you know, just wrote out bullet point, like, here's what I can offer. I'll write one article that's, you know, between 300 and 600 words, you know, make sure to have all those specifics in there. Um, and, you know, this is what I believe the content will be about, you know, this is what I, I can offer with photography, I'm willing to do this and this for social media. And then also, like, make sure that you really make it clear to them, this is evergreen marketing for them. So this video or this article, yeah, it's, you know, they're paying for you to do one video, one article, but that video article is going to be up for years. And they're going to constantly get people seeing that new customers from just that one article. So make sure that that's clear to them too. Like when you tell them how much your time is worth. So after I went, broke down all those details and I said, this is the project and I gave them a timeline too. So I said, you know, if we start on this date, here's when I'll have the first draft to you. Here's when I'll have, um, you know, photos for you to review and you can pick out which photo you'd like me to use. You know, here are the dates that, um, we'll do draft number two, you know, here's the date that we're going to publish it. Like, give them all of that information too, so that they can feel comfortable knowing that, you know, you're going to come through on, on, on your end. And so then I told them, okay, based on everything I've told you, here's X amount, how much it's going to, how much like I'd like to be paid for doing this work. And, you know, the brand rep was like, well, you know, that's much more than we were thinking. And she came back and, you know, countered me with 50% of what I had asked for initially. And I just, you know, I think if that was, I'm just thankful that like, I don't have, I'm not under the pressure where I had to be like, yes, I will accept that, you know, yeah. like, you know, my time is worth more than that. And I just said to her like, Hey, look, um, you know, based on what I've said, you know, it's going to take me X amount of time and I can't do it for any less. I came down like 10% what mm -hmm. I initially said and then uh, I didn't hear from her for like a week or two. And I kind of was like, oh, no, 
I like blew it. I was like, kind of like, oh, I should have accepted. But then um, she got back to me and was like, you know what, we'll go ahead with that. And so I was so thankful that I was firm. And, you know, being detailed and just breaking down exactly what you can offer, it really makes it clear to the other person why they are spending X amount of dollars for it. Because if you're not detailed and you just say, no, uh, for one video, I want X amount of dollars, they're going to be like, okay, well, what am I getting from that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. I mean, I know like the way I approach it, even like with the podcast, it's like I have the mentality. And and I think it has to do with what mindset you're in too. Because, you know, I... I, you know, I also have another job where I work and that's where I make my income and I'm married and, you know, my husband has his income. So we're not dependent on the money from the podcast. So I'm able to have the luxury of making a decision of, am I willing to basically, I I don't want to use the word clutter, but am I willing to kind of have that, that commercial or sponsor in there, take up that time of my podcast? What am I willing to do that for? Like almost like what am I willing to sell out for in a way? I don't, I hate to use the word sell out, but that's really what it is. Like, what am I willing to do? And it's like, you almost have to come up with that number ahead of time before like anybody even offers you anything just so that you're like, that's my number. Like that's, that's what I'm willing to, to do a sponsored video or that's what I'm willing to do it. And it's so if somebody comes up with something lower, you know, that's, that's just, I'm just not willing to do it. I'm not willing to throw out sponsored content for that amount of money. And so if you have kind of the luxury of, of not relying on that income, you can come up with that. And then I think once you come up with that, you can be very strong in your negotiations and say, okay, maybe you can go down a little bit, but but you could get as close to that number as possible. And I think you'd be a lot of times, like what happened with you, Amy, I think you'd be you know surprised with, with what you can get in a lot of ways. And um, you're like, okay, yeah, because you know, I'm, what is it? Was it L'Oreal? I'm worth it. Like I'm worth it. I put a lot of time and energy into every single episode and every video or whatever, you know, every blog post or whatever you guys are doing, you put a ton of time and energy into it. And if a brand is actually offering you something, then they must see something. And maybe it won't work for that particular relationship, but I would hold strong. And I'm, I'm a big, big believer in getting what you're worth. Yes, definitely. And I think by, by being really detailed and telling them the specifics of what it's going to take. So if you're doing like a vlog, tell them, you know, how long it's going to take you to do the editing, tell them, you know, just break it down everything that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they'll know, because I think a lot of brands, I don't think they have, I mean, I think they kind of know, but I don't think they really know like how long all of this takes. Yeah. Like, do the editing. It takes do, so much time. Yeah, it does. It takes a lot. And so if you can just explain it to them, you know, and these brands, they have the budget for it. Too. Yes. Totally. That's the other thing too, is research the brand. I mean, if it looks like a brand new little kind of brand, then I would still stay strong to your number. But if it looks like a big brand, like a big old brand that you see in, you know, Walmart or Ulta or Sephora, then you're like, all right, I know those guys can afford it. Like, you know, and so be, be even more insistent on your price or go a little higher so that you get your price you know be be aware of the brand that you're working with because if it is a bigger brand or maybe it's a smaller one but they look like they got a good budget because they're working with other you know you could just tell when you go onto a website like how they're spending their money and all that stuff you're like hey these guys have a marketing budget like you know they're in you know two thousand stores across the country they can pay me more than whatever so 
Right. And, you know, one thing I thought about too, was like, you set a precedent. So if I would have accepted that lower amount, let's say in six months from now, they want to work together again, you know, that brand's going to expect to only pay me what they paid me the first time yeah. around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kept that in mind too. And also, you know, you want to be able to then leverage that for the next sponsored deal that you work with and say, okay, you know, here's a case study of when I worked with this brand and this is what I did and this is the amount I was paid. And then you can kind of use that as like your jumping off point too. Yeah. But you become more confident. You're like, these are my rates. This is my rate. You know, this is what other people pay me. This is, this is what you're going to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can become very much more confident and, you know, after that first one or two. Um, yeah. and I think that's really, really good. I think that's really good advice. So, okay. So at this point, a year later, like, where are you with your, your blog? Oh, so it's growing. I mean, it's been about a year and I have about 7,000 unique visitors per month and 10,000 page visits. And sometimes like those numbers seem so abstract. It's like, okay, well, what does that exactly mean? So I went on to this website called Similar Web and for like a, I think it's a one week free trial. And I think you can do this with um, YouTube channels too. Um, So what you can do is you can plug in your website and then you can plug in, I believe, five other competitors and it'll show you the analytics and it'll compare you to those five other competitors. And so I did that and it it was really helpful because it kind of gave me a sense of, okay, where do I compare against other people? And, you know, what do these numbers actually mean? Like kind of looking at the growth and stuff. So that was really helpful too. But you know, I'm just continuing to create content that I'm interested in. Um, I built some great relationships with PR people that I work with and also some brands. And, you know, it's great. Like when they have new products, they send them to me and, you know, they've done like, sometimes I'll like interview the brand founders, but it's definitely growing. I'm looking to add more content because content is so key to, for you growing also, because the more that you have out there, the more chances of people searching and finding your stuff. So one way, um, you know, because I'm only one person, there's only like so much writing I can do. But another thing that I have been doing is like reaching out to other bloggers who are in my realm and saying, Hey, like, I'd love to promote you on my website, maybe we can do like a cross promotion. And like, you know, I'll write an an article for your website, and you can write one for mine. Or, you know, sometimes bloggers will like interview me or I'll interview them. Um, you know, and that's a great way to get content too, because you can send them like a list of questions, and then they can type out the answers. And you can post that. And it's, you know, it, it didn't doesn't take that much time, like it does to do like a full review and write something out. And plus, again, you're like networking and tapping into a new audience. Um, but I also am going to be bringing on some um, guest writers too. Like I have a friend of mine who's a nutritionist and then another friend of mine who's an esthetician and they're going to write content like one article per week too for different segments I'm going to have up on my blog. And you, I think you could do this too for like a YouTube channel. You could have like someone do like a guest appearance. You could do like interviews. Um, you know, there's all different ways of getting creative about creating new content and content that maybe doesn't take you as long to produce um, so that you can generate more content. Yeah, I think, you know, I think those are all like really, that, that's really good tips to like collaborate. I mean, it's kind of same thing in the YouTube world with collaborating with people and, and things like that. So I think that's, that's really awesome. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that, you know, that we didn't cover that you want to talk about. Um, what about social media? How do you use social media? Do you use Instagram or, you know, yeah. any other platform to kind of help grow 
the traffic as well? Yes, I do. I'm on Facebook, um, definitely on Instagram. I would say I'm on Instagram probably the most. Um, but one thing that's kind of interesting too, I started doing with my analytics is that is recognizing that on different social media platforms, my audience is a little bit different. So, um, you know, my website, the bulk of the demographic is women who are 25 to kind of 35-ish, like late 30s. Mm -hmm. That's like the bulk, but it skews much higher on Facebook. So it's like Mm. 30 plus on Facebook, but then um, on Instagram, it's more, it's younger. The demographics is like 18 to 25, right? So I have to, what I've started to do recently is kind of be a little bit more mindful of the type of content that I put on the different social media sites, because I essentially have a different audience a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a little bit younger, one that's a little bit more mature. So, you know, what I was doing for a while on on Instagram is I would post a photo and then I would direct them to the article link, like, oh, check out, click the link in my bio to read the article. But what I noticed is that not a lot of people were going to do that, to go link it. They were just looking at the photo and liking to, you know, read the content that was in the caption. And I realized I was like, okay, because it's geared more towards a younger audience. You know, they're not looking to read more of an in-depth piece they're looking for like more quick content and they they want to look at the images and like scroll through instagrams and so once i realized that what i would do instead of directing them to the link for the full article to read i would just take snippets of the article and basically summarize it and put that into the caption of my instagram photo mm. and i started getting more engagement that way doing mm. that and on facebook because it's older and the um my older audience really likes the longer in-depth articles so i post a lot of that there and i get a lot of traffic to my website for those articles based on that um audience so i think it's good to kind of you know look at the analytics and look at those demographics and then try to kind of think about how you want to be strategic with how you post and stuff, because um, it definitely can make a difference with your engagement. Yeah, it's very true. I think it's really important to, I think it's really important to be aware of, of each platform and how to kind of shape your content to fit that particular platform. But it's like so hard. I mean, there's so, so many much work. to think about. I yeah. Know. I, know. I just, using mosaic on instagram it's um like an instagram planner app and i'm like oh why didn't i find this earlier what Uh, is it it's called mosaic and so what you can do is you can upload your instagram photos and you can see how they'll look together like future ones that you Mm -hmm. want to post and you can write the captions in there and you can set timers for when you want to publish it and it'll it'll send you a little reminder on your phone like hey you need to post this photo on Instagram, and you can just go in there and um, publish it. But the best part about it that I love, well, not only the reminders, which are fantastic, because sometimes like I'll forget, and then I'll be like, oh, I suppose, but um, is that you can you can see what all of your images will look like together. Because for a while, my Instagram page was kind of like this hodgepodge of uh, photos, like it didn't look cohesive. I actually recently went through and like deleted a bunch of them. Because I wanted it to just look more um, professional, more like just on brand. Mm -hmm. But then once I started using this Mosaic app, like it just looks better because I can see like, okay, will this photo match here? Or like, you know, is it too many product photos in a row? Like, should I have more of a lifestyle shot in between? It's been really helpful. 
Yeah, that sounds really, I've actually never heard of that. We'll definitely link that in the show notes as well. I think that's a really, really helpful tip. All right. Well, I think we've covered pretty much everything. You are so, so informative. I think your info about PR, like how to reach out to brands, you know, putting together a PR list. I think that's super, super helpful. It's going to be helpful for for a lot of people. The last, last question I want to ask, because I was actually curious about this earlier. So now, obviously, you don't have a press kit. You have a media kit. No, actually, I still do a press kit. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. Even when I reached out, I think that because my website looked very professional, um, I, I feel like they never really PR. They never really asked me about my numbers yeah. um, just because the like, photography looked really professional. Like the, everything, the branding was on point. I think, you know, they'll take that into consideration and yeah, it, they never really asked about my numbers. That's great. So, so yeah. to this day, you still have that same, you don't even, you you just have a press kit. You don't even have the, the, what was the other word? We like use? a media kit. Yeah. yeah. Media kit. Yeah, I should. I don't. But because I feel like, you know, compared to the other bloggers that are out there, like my numbers are like peanuts, you know, small. But what I have in terms of content, I feel like is really strong. And that's what they'll see. And so that's kind of my, my angle. And I think that's a really important thing, because I see a lot of people like in other Facebook groups and stuff posting like, Oh, here's my media kit. What do you guys think? And it's like, okay, you know, you're, you're brand new. You have like maybe, you know, less than a thousand subscribers, this many views per month. I wouldn't make a media kit just focusing on all those numbers with like a little tiny paragraph. Like, I just don't think that's the way to go um, when you're reaching out the brands because it, like, why are you focusing on the numbers? But I know people say, well, you know, media kits have your numbers and stuff, but I kind of feel the same way that you do in that, you know, that's why I always say put together a reel of your work. Like if you, if you have really good content and your videos look really professional, I wouldn't do a media kit with your numbers. I would just have a really great looking reel that's like, 30 seconds a minute, like less than a minute and um, create like one or two really, really, really sharp paragraphs explaining why you're different, explaining what you do, explaining what you bring to the table and then using that to reach out to brands. Um, You know, I wouldn't focus on numbers if you are very small and you're not, I mean, why would you put attention to that if you don't have the numbers to back it up anyways? Exactly. And I feel like sometimes PR people, don't really care about that. Cause I mean, I mean, sometimes yes, they do. And then other times just like, if the content is great, then it doesn't matter as much. Um, I agree. I, I agree. It's, it's, I totally agree. And, um, I think that's, that's really good advice. All oh, right. There's one last oh, thing. Oh yeah. Dude, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So going back to the negotiating, um, mm-hmm. with, you know, sponsored brands and stuff. Um, so before I started the negotiating process with them, I did like some research online and there's like all these different formulas that you can follow with your metrics, um, and your analytics about what you should be charging per like Instagram post Mm -hmm. or blog post or whatever. And, you know, had I have followed that, I would have been, I mean, it was maybe like a, eighth of what I asked for. So I highly recommend that people don't follow those. I think what's more important is to really know what you can offer and what your time is worth and then base it off of that. Like how much, you know, do you need to be paid to do X amount of hours for work for this person? Think about that. I I agree. Well, I think it's called, um, 
like the blue book or something like that, that people use. And I, I agree. I mean, there's formulas for podcasts and I totally do not go by those. I'm like, no, I'm not going by those because I know that I have a great audience, a loyal audience, a very niche audience. And I, I'm not going by those numbers. And so I think, I think you're very, very right. You have to know what, what value you bring to the table, what makes you different and what you're willing to, um, what you're willing to do the work for and feel good about doing it for. You just have to come up with your number, whatever it is. And I would not pay attention to the, those, like those numbers either. I, I forget where, and I think it's like blue book. Now I'm like drawing a blank as to where you find it. Kelly blue book. That's like the cars. I'm thinking, there is one for 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 creators and YouTubers, and I can't remember what it is, but I would I would bypass that as well, totally. Yeah. Um, and then just just curious too, like at this point, so I know you work with a lot of like salons and spas and things like locally in the LA area. Are you are you connecting to them via PR companies as well, or like do do they invite you to their you know, salon sometimes, or how do you get connected with like the actual physical places to do reviews and things on that? Since you did say you do talk a lot about plastic surgery, spas, things like that. Yeah, definitely. So for the spas, like one segment that I started doing was like city travel guides. So like whenever I would travel somewhere, um, like let's say I was going to go to Chicago or something, what I would do, you know, like maybe three weeks or a month beforehand is I would research and find like some interesting spas, interesting services that I would want to write about. And I would just directly reach out to the spas and introduce myself, include like my brand bio and say, Hey, I would love to review, you know, XYZ service. And I, you know, would you be interested in having me come in to review your service? And, you know, I would say like one out of three or four would get back. Um, So, but yeah, I would just reach out directly. Like it's amazing what you can get if you just ask and you are professional and, you know, really just go for it. I mm-hmm. think that's my best advice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really good. How how many have you had the good opportunity of being able to try out spa treatments and oh, yeah. plastic surgery type things and all that or, or lasers or whatever it is? Yeah. Like I definitely have tried tons of different spas. Like when I was in New York, um, you know, like I had Botox in my forehead that mm-hmm. I reviewed for a doctor you know, what else? I tried this great Japanese um, onsen tomoko spa here in LA, um, you know, just like tons of places. Yeah. So I've just reached out and that's been really fun too. And that kind of breaks up the monotony of what I'm doing with product products yeah. interviews too, because then it's like I get to try the services. Um, so that's been really fun too. Yeah. And I think that's a really good lesson for YouTubers also, because I think you can like switch things up and, you know, do vlogs or reviews of those types of treatments and you don't have to pay for them if you have a good channel and you do kind of what Amy's talking about. You reach out and say, I have a YouTube channel and especially people that aren't necessarily in the big, you know, metropolitan areas. If you live in a, a smaller area or wherever you live, like, you know, review, you know, do salon treatments or spa treatments or, you know, Botox or fillers or whatever you feel comfortable doing in your area. And, you know, say, you know, I I have this channel and I promote it locally. I promote it on my channel and this and that. And, you know, it's content that you as a spa can also use on your website, you know, and on your social media as well. So I'm going to be creating this content and, you know, hopefully getting obviously like a free service and all that stuff. And I have this all edited video that I'll be uploading that, you know, you're free to use too for however you want to use it. So then it becomes like a, a win for them as well. 
Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I mean, those platforms are open to creating content because a lot of them like will have like a little blog or something on their website. And, you know, they're so busy doing their services or whatever it is that they're, you know, offering to clients that they don't really have time to create content. So they absolutely love it when brands or content creators reach out to them and say, hey, let's do like a collaboration and I'll create the content and review your product or service. Exactly. Because they, a lot, I know a lot of them are trying to get into social media. A lot of them realize the power of Instagram and social media. And, you know, they, like you said, they don't have the time. So they, they might even like pay for somebody to film around their salon and right. and do that whereas if you come saying you know I'll do I'll do the work I just you know you know maybe you want some money or maybe you want you know just free treatments and things like that then I think it's a really good relationship to have and it's something that you can add as content to your channel and like you said break up the monotony of just doing product reviews and things like that yeah and then it's interesting for the viewers or the readers too because they you know, I'm sure, well, I just know from personal experience, sometimes I get fatigued from just reading like product reviews. I see like more behind the scenes of other things. And so it's just a great way to break it up. Yeah, because when you when you I first learned about, you know, your blog and stuff, um, I was kind of like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, you know, I know you're local here in LA. I'm like, I want to see her posts on like local salons and spas and all that stuff. And like, it's been on my list to do is to like, dive into your blog and like, look at all those reviews, because I find that really interesting, too. And different in addition to just regular the regular product reviews, too. So I think it's a great thing to also add, you know, if, if it's something you're interested in. Thank you so much for having me. This yeah. A- Thank you for, for coming on, Amy. And where can people find you if they just want to check out your blog and connect with you and see what you're all about? Yeah, definitely. So my website is Bond and Avant, B-O-N-D-E-N-A-V-A-N-T. I know it's like a mouthful, but yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the website. And then it's the same Bond and Avant for Facebook and for um Pinterest and Instagram. So definitely like connect with me there. And like, if anyone has any questions, like I'm more than happy to like, if anyone wants to reach out and has something specific to help anyone out. Cause I feel like, you know, we all start somewhere. And if we all like just help each other, like rise together, I think that's the best way. Totally. You know what? I just saw something. Are you in the, the beauty and the vlog Facebook group? I think I, I asked, uh, requested. Did you request? Maybe- Okay. I'll have to look. If not, I'll I'll add you a request again or something. Um, Because uh, what I usually do is I'll I'll post, I'll post of like that, that episode. And then people can ask questions related to that episode. So if you're in the Facebook group, then you can answer questions within the Facebook group, which will be really great. Okay. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. And then for those of you who listening or have been listening and you're not part of the Facebook group, make sure that you join um, just because it's really fun and it's awesome. But you know, if you do want to ask Amy a question, you will make sure that, you know, she'll be in the group and she can answer your questions in the Facebook group. And yeah, you can search on Facebook beauty and the vlog. And then I have links to the Facebook group, you know, all over the website and, and everything, um, everything like that. So, all right, Amy. Well, thank you so much for for coming on. Thank you. This is wonderful. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it as well. Thank you. Bye. Well, that's it. 
that's our episode and i hope you enjoyed it and if you stayed this long do me a huge huge favor and leave a review on itunes five stars would be amazing it helps more than you know helping other people find the beauty and the vlog podcast also make sure you check out beautyandthevlog.com for all the show notes for this episode and if you're not a part of the beauty and the vlog family on our facebook group Make sure you join for lots of support, collaborations, and questions and answers for anything related to being a content creator on YouTube. This is Erica, and I will see you next week. Mwah.